What it is, cool runners. You're in for another installment of The Tall Gray. My name is Elliot. Part of the tall, great part. And I got my buddy here again, David, as gray as ever. Hello. Nice. And we're here with Carrie as well. Cheers. And also our beast, <laughs> our James Gordon. Barbara Gordon, yes. rather. Yeah, Carrie. Yes. Right on, right on. We're very excited for this one, right guys? I'm very it's our excited. first ever true crime. Yes, it's a true crime episode. Do you want to uh, throw out a disclaimer to the audience uh, about today? Not before I explain all okay. the different details of what we get into. So before we did, just questioning Apollo 11, the moon landing, which is a conspiracy theory, the golden cow of them all. We did that one. We also do cryptozoology, that's Sasquatch. Mothman, mostly those are the kings of that genre, but also ghosts and aliens. I think you can't go, you can't do all those genres without bringing up aliens, right? We're going to have to talk about aliens at some point. But and we, a big one is true crime. Talk about true crime too. Yeah, and this it, is our first true crime episode ever. And it's going to be on the big man, Polly B., and Carla Harmonica. Paul Bernardo and Carla Hamoka are big Canadian serial killers, right? That was a pretty, pretty big case back in the day. Huge. Uh, Especially since we all three of us live in southern Ontario, this one really hits close to home. Yep, we're coming from southern Ontario, so it's, uh, it's from nearby. And um... Big time, dude. Big time. So yeah, before we get into all the mismatch... We got to put out this disclaimer because, you know, we're going to be talking about some dark content. Torture porn, I think, is what the kids are saying. You do have to discuss things like that just to get the whole virility and the level of evil that these two people did succumb to. So, any jokes, any humorous narratives that we add to the content we're talking about, we don't mean to offend anyone. Um... That's it. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> so please, if you're personally affected by this case, uh, probably be a good time to turn to our earlier episode about NASA. You go back to episode one, as long as you're not personally affected by the Paul Bernardo case and, uh, and the moon landing, uh, <laughs> then you can listen to neither episode and wait for the next one. But, uh, uh, and I'll just disavow in advance everything that Elliot says. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I wouldn't expect anything less from you. But, uh, all right, so we should just get into it. So, Elliot, uh, why, don't you, why don't you tell anybody who doesn't know about this case, maybe some Americans might be listening. Uh, well, what they're the, what known call? as the Ken and Barbie killer couple. Because they did look like a Ken and Barbie kind of cutout, especially. Paul was a good-looking guy. Carla Homoka, also a very attractive young lass. Uh, I kind of thought of him, especially Bernardo, as the Canadian Ted Bundy. I'm, I, the comparison of the two is a, is a little bit off, but just in that way. that They're both above average in the attractive department, and, but it was all part of their game of manipulation to knock off whoever, whatever kind of prey they saw fit. 
Okay, so you're saying that this guy, uh, Paul Bernardo, you find him attractive, is what you're trying to tell us. <laughs> well, absolutely, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, putting on a psychology, <laughs> psychology pants. So, uh, so what did this guy and this chick do, and, and when was this? Well, before, I just want to ask you guys, how did you guys hear about, what was the first time you guys heard about Paul Bernardo and Carla Homoka? Well, for me, uh, I guess I always just sort of heard it around, because I'm from around St. Catharines, where, well, yeah. where this happened, right? So, uh, I couldn't really place where I first heard about it, but I mean, it was big, big news in the 90s, right? So I heard my parents mention it here and there. They'd mention what's on the tapes, and we'll get into that uh, in detail later and just the the deal with the devil thing the case uh certain things but it wasn't like my dad called me into a room and was like let me tell you in 1986 there was this guy rolling around (laughs) you know but it's definitely a a a known dark thing within southern ontario yeah and i think it's made a lot more people lock their doors within this region could be could be it's Mm. a different uh world than it was in the 90s for sure people that don't leave their doors doors open in general anyways uh i don't know um what what did you how'd you hear about carrie uh for me it was when carla was getting released actually after she served her time it was huge in the media and that's really when i learned more about everything but as a young child you know nope Hmm. yeah Speaking Canadian, of Canadian parents, young right? children, this is not not an episode for young children. I'll put throw that disclaimer mm-hmm. out there too. Yeah, yeah families gathered around the <laughs> computer, listening to us. Oh, yes, yeah. yeah. All right, so yeah, uh, let's get into the brass. Uh, with getting into a bit of Paul Bernardo's life, I don't want to spend too long on that. Uh, really what we want to focus on is when Paul Bernardo and Carla Homoka met up because that's when really things get really spicy. Not to say that, you know, Paul's life wasn't fucked up and, like, the, the shit that he did before he even met Carla wasn't, like, spicy enough, right? But anyway, born on August 27th, 1964, a day before my birthday, born on August 28th, 1989, I am... Right. Weird... So are you also a degenerate pervert? <laughs> uh, yeah, born on August 28th, 1964, born into a wealthy family of a dude named Kenneth Bernardo and Elizabeth Bernardo. And wasn't the best life growing up. Uh, apparently Kenneth would beat the shit out of the mother quite a bit. He had a sister named Debbie who he molested quite frequently and Paul was always raised thinking that Kenneth was his real father until he was about 16 I think and then his mother told him that no I actually had an affair right before I got with Kenneth and you are the product of that do we know for sure that that's true because all Give, sources that I've listened to have said that. So she didn't just say to, uh, yeah. just tell him that it wasn't because he, the this dude Kenneth was so fucked up. Uh, Bernardo's mom wasn't like, oh no, it's not your real dad. That guy's fucked. No, that's a 
That's nice, isn't it? Like a nice theory. I'm just because that would explain a lot, right? Right. Of, of how he is. Yeah. Especially with this guy. If they share genes. Yeah, and, and there's no information on who his real dad is. Okay. Right. Spooky. <laughs> so you were saying uh, they share some characteristics. So how was this Kenneth dude well, like the future Paul? Yeah, uh, well, constant molest molesting of the sister, Debbie. Um, I think that started around the age of 10 for her, so at a young age. So he was a pedophile, too. Also a voyeur, so rolling around the neighborhood, looking in people's windows with the intention of spotting some tits. So Kenneth was a peeping Tom. Yes, yeah, and and known as that in the neighborhood. And it was one of those unofficial things of, like, everyone kind of knows it, but you're going to call the cops unless you catch them in the act. You can't really do anything to the guy. And Paul knew that, so. But Paul was seemed unaffected by all this, smiling a lot, laughing. He put on a very happy exterior. Didn't seem forced at all, like he wasn't trying to hide anything, even though all these dark shit was going on beneath the surface. And he was loved in high school. Very popular guy. Women loved him. Very yeah friends with all the high society people social class high social class people right on okay so is there anything uh, else notable about his childhood or uh, should we get into the uh, beginnings of his uh, yeah, sketchy and past around uh, 1987 May 4th was the first time he raped someone in Scarborough that uh, was against a 20-year-old woman in front of her parents' house. He followed follow her home, and uh, the attack lasted more than half an hour. And that was his first rape, apparently. Um, do we know anything about... Was there any, like, leading up to... Did he just go straight from normal guy to full-on rapist? Or yeah, no, That's a good one. Yeah, um, before that, he had uh, girlfriends... Okay. That he would try all this dark shit with. Um, I guess it was like a lot of hitting, a lot of like BDSM, I think, is, again, is what the kids call it. Uh, name calling, things like that. And, and the chicks would always just break up with them. Right. And then he would just go on to the next one and same story. And then, yeah, they break up with him. He was with one chick for like two years, I think. Um, he also went to Sir Wilfrid Laurier, which is in... Waterloo, my okay. hometown, Kitchener, Waterloo, <laughs> checked in there. So that's one of our big claim to infamy is, you know, Paul Bernardo that's checked in here. Great alumni. Yeah, and, and apparently either. there's a, a, there was a few rapings that happened on campus. Yeah. I'm not sure actually if it's, a, if it did happen on campus, but uh, the police later, I think it was in 2006, roughly, mm-hmm. they questioned Paul Bernardo if he was the guy he didn't admit to it or anything. He just went on about how he's an innocent guy, and Carla has framed him and whatnot. Oh, okay. So he didn't cop to him, but they're thinking he was there around the same time, so he could have started. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, and it's interesting in the interview because he just talks about how, you know, you guys, you guys don't, you know, I'm still a human. You don't need to make me out to be this demonic figure. So, but we can, uh, 
put that in our back pocket for now and get into that later. So yeah, starts raping, then he goes into the rape. Right. After he Fs up and does some dark shit with these GFs of his. Gets into raping chicks. And he was able to pull them off a bunch of times. So there's 12, right? That we know of? Yes. Okay. Is that an accurate number? It's 12-ish, yeah. Approximately. 12-ish. Almost caught one time by one private investigator. He saw him hiding underneath some bushes. Okay. And then chased him, but Paul eluded the guy. Frick, eh? Hindsight just is beating you over the head with that one. Like, you saw him under bushes, dude? You don't have any kind of facial... Like, can you make a, de- a description of what the guy looked like? Right. So that was his M.O. He just sort of hung around waiting in bushes and jumped out and uh, yes, attacked exactly. People. He'd wait, yeah, in the shrubs, whatever, uh, on a bus stop, waiting for whoever got off, picked one that he liked, followed her home, and then was able to just spring his attack. And he'd say things like to them like, you know... If you, I'm going to take your license, your driver's license, so I know where you live. If you go to the cops, I will find you and kill you. And you will be branded a slut. You'll be this embarrassment to society because I guess you were raped. I Which I don't really under, understand. Like, uh, Is that a fearful thing for a woman to come out about? Uh, I don't know. I'm not a woman. So... <laughs> uh, it's, but, it's embarrassing, uh, right? To, to, to say that you were taken and sexually assaulted. I'm sure it's very embarrassing. And he would leverage this against them, like, in, in comments to them while, while uh, assaulting them. No, after. After, yeah. yeah. Explain the whole rules of them, yeah. Crazy. And this was all before. This was, like, before he met uh, Harmonica, so... Yeah, so when, when did, uh, did they meet? And who is Harmonica? Yeah, I guess we should go over um, Carla Homoka now from St. Catharines, your hometown. Uh, don't dox me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of weird, though, eh? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, it's close Craziest to Craziest shit to come out of that town since Dallas Green, right? Uh, well, I'll, I'll take... I'll take Dallas Green over uh, over pedophile murderers, but uh, all right. So, uh, can you pull up when Carla Hamoka was born? The year, please, Carrie. Pull that up, Carrie. Thank you. Eighty or no, <laughs> seventy. Nineteen seventy, May fourth. Whoa. Right. And she was okay, kind of like a blonde. Um. Kind of your nice girl. Like, in hindsight, all this stuff kind of makes sense. Like, I heard this story about how she had a hamster and she wanted to make it fly, so she gave it these fake wings and threw it out a window, and then it died. And then she was like, I want to see what it looks like inside, and then started taking it apart so she could see the the, the, the parts of it. Okay, well, that's sort of something they sort of say about uh, psychopaths, right? Yeah, they, they like getting into child first. torture, or I mean, uh, animal torture. Yeah, and stuff like that. First sign of a serial killer. Yeah, yeah. But we've all done 
one weird things in hamsters. Well, <laughs> like flushing a goldfish down a toilet while it's still alive. That means you're fucking Jeffrey Dahmer. You know, I can't say that I've ever flushed a living goldfish down a toilet, but uh, I mean, there's a lot big difference between a goldfish and, and a hamster. I mean, all right, man. So she did that, and then she, in her teenage years, she was a goth, big time goth. Uh, she was into just dark shit, the occult, which I guess is what the occult. Yeah, yeah. So. Like witchcraft and mm. esoteric Satanism. writing, Satanism, sure, yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I had a thought on what it was, I just wanted to make sure I got that right. Yeah, yeah, all the uh, spooky shit. Mm. Occult. Yeah, yeah occult. And um, she got this boyfriend, and this is goes to how she was into some really dark shit. First boyfriend that she had sex with, uh, it was just your normal doing the strange activity between the sheets, right? And then later she told all her buddies that there was chains, there was whipping, there was name-calling. Yeah. All, all sorts of occult behavior. And then the guy heard about it and he's like, what? That n- did not happen at all. Right, so she was already fanci- fantasizing. Yeah, and this perverted. was from her own mind. Right. So it sounds like a match made in heaven or hell. As Dude, it, would be. it could be. I know it's like matchmaking service from Satan. This is is what this is. And her parents uh, would seem like pretty good people. They would, her and her sister would always make fun of the dad. They called him some dirty Slav. A dirty Slav. He, yeah, because he was Slavic. Okay. And you know, whenever they lost their temper, so where the name him. comes from. I think why Slavic. they they put that part in is because they're showing that Carla has this dismissiveness for her own dad. Like oh, okay. she she's already starting to show signs of no empathy, no love, or right. caring for her own family. I see. Okay. I think that's why that's told in different sources because that's always included in every source that I've looked at. That she would talk shit about her dad. Yeah. To him. To yeah. his face. And like, say really like mean shit. things like yeah. that. Okay. Like insult his freaking heritage. <laughs> um, so. And, and call him lazy and worthless. No father. No. So. Right. So that's Carla. And then she got a job uh, at a pet store. And I guess she did pretty well there because she was invited to this pet convention in Toronto. Right. And that's where she met Paul. Right. And by this time, Paul had already been raping chicks. He'd always perfect. He's perfected his art of manipulation. And he was a sales guy. He got involved with this sales company, to which also helped in his ways of getting women to trust him, getting anyone to trust him. You know, he had the gift of the gap, as they say. Right. So yeah. he's at this convention too. What? Yeah. He's selling pet. Goods or, or he just happened I think to it was be just, there. Yeah, he was there with a buddy of his. Mm. I think they were just uh, trolling for booty. Right. So twenty. 20- and I saw Homoka. Yeah. And went over to her, used his charm. It worked perfectly. And that night they had sex. Now there's some speculation on how that transition went down. 
whether there was some dark stuff involved the first night, and that's how Paul knew, like, dude, prayers have been answered. Right. She's into... Because if I was Paul Bernardo, um, you know, I was born the day before his birthday, I'd be thinking, um, before my birthday, rather, I'd be thinking, dude, jackpot. All these chicks before I've been seeing, I finally got one who's going to go along with all of my twisted activities. Right. Um, now, there's a bit of an age gap, too, right? So there's already, like, a twisted sort of thing because he's going and picking up what a high school girl as an adult. Yeah, she was 17. I think yeah. he was 26. 23. 23. Yeah, 23. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, underage. Yeah. yeah. Well, she didn't care. She was... Uh, Consent, I think, right? I think in that time, you're above the age of consent. Oh, still weird, though. So. Oh, definitely. Very weird. I mean, they both seem to be into weird stuff, but... Uh... And yeah, and, and, and it was great since then. Um, started dating. Uh, Paul, uh, sorry, Carla lived in St. Catharines. Paul lived in the GTA and he would make constant trips back and forth. It was like a two-hour drive, but he didn't matter. He, he, it didn't matter to him. He, he still wanted to do it. Like I said, he hit the jackpot with this one. Right? Right. Yeah. So did he take a break from the raping during this time when he's, like, uh, courting Homolka? That's uh Yes, I think he did. Right? Yeah, yeah so... And, well, he had this great new dark twisted girlfriend, and he, and apparently he told her. We were talking about that before, Carrie. About he told her that he was the rapist. I always heard I heard that he just told her it wasn't a jest. He told her that in in a way to excite her, and it totally worked. She mm-hmm. liked it. She encouraged him to rape more. She liked it. It was a big time turn on for her. And then I had heard the opposite—that it was more of a threat to her. But like I could kill you if you decide to leave. Yeah, he would tell her when they were—I—I I think it was when they were fighting—and they would jokingly say, "Well, I'm the Scarborough rapist, and I can blah blah blah." So it was more threatening. But uh, to say, who knows what the truth is? Because you know, we hear say. No, absolutely. Either way, it's a pretty big warning sign if you're dating a fellow who claims to be a uh, uh, wanted rapist because obviously the police would have been looking for the Scarborough rapist at this time yes that's a good one to bring up Uh, there was investigations on the Scarborough rapist and there was a compository done out of him that looked a lot like him and there was guys at his work that gave him a hard time about it they were totally correct in doing that that uh, he looked like the drawing that the police were putting out of the Scarborough rapist. And he was brought in, actually, for questioning. Because a few people called. Even friends. Friends of his called and said, Dude, this guy looks a lot like him. It's weird. So maybe you want to talk to him? So they did, and he was very cooperative. Probably used his same charm and manipulation that he would use with chicks. And he was very cooperative. They wanted a DNA sample from him. He gave it to them, willingly. And just no kind of resistance. So the cops, I guess the cops kind of, huh? You're like, 
There's nothing to see here. Yeah, so that didn't investigation didn't go anywhere. They didn't, didn't no. catch him on that. No, apparently they, they found someone else that was totally wrongly convicted. Yeah, I heard about a couple yeah. different cases where people later on were let off. Can you imagine that? Innocent yeah. the whole time. <clears throat> and Bernardo, that, that's another thing, is he was getting away with all these rapes. They find this wrong guy. That was probably in the newspapers. Yeah. He's thinking to himself, dude, I'm like destined to do this stuff. I can never be caught. Yeah. That that one wrong guy that's uh they caught him. He did time for it. Uh and then he I think he tried to after they they let him out on appeal because they were like, Okay, well actually it was probably Bernardo, right? And uh uh he tried to sue the government saying, like, look, you locked me up for I think this guy did it maybe a year and a half or a year or something and uh and they're like no no you just you get out but you're not getting anything from the government or anything. really yeah you didn't i've heard people kill in those scenarios with turning the screws on the government gutting them for like wrongly convicted yeah and seeing prison time he didn't get anything nothing so you uh, get put away like as a young person, right? All the so stories I've career... heard of in the United States, I've never heard of that. Mm. Uh, how the Canadian government handles it. Our faithful Canadian crown. Yeah. So, so can you imagine, like, oh if you go God. around, you go away for a year, everybody's asking, hey, where did Elliot go? And they're like, oh, well, you know, he's in jail for being a rapist, right? And then... Yeah. 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 I think I know where you're going with this. Yeah. But go ahead. Well, I mean, it would be a pretty hard thing to explain later on. Nobody's going to get the story like, oh, no... Turned out I, I was innocent the whole time, right? So a bunch of people are going to believe that you're you're a rapist. and uh, Yeah, because that's what the cops said. Yeah. And most people <clears throat> trust the cops. And that's what he went to prison for. And you got to explain And now you're it. saying, no, no, I didn't rape anyone. Trying okay, to get a, okay, buddy. Try and get a job and explain why you have a big gap on your resume. Where you've been for the last year. No compensation for that guy. No compensation. Yeah. But then again, his MO was a little different. Like, the M.O. in that case is different than the Bernardo thing. So maybe he did it and just... Like, he did something else. So they he said that he Bernardo went in did, through but... a window and, like... Oh, so tried... he raped someone. The guy who got off. The guy who was wrongly convicted, but he was convicted of something, another crime. His crime... No, he got acquitted on appeal uh, of a rape, but I'm just saying that the... Uh, the way that his case doesn't sound exactly like the Bernardo Scarborough rapist cases. Okay. Because you were saying Bernardo just sort of like jumped people outside, whereas this guy, they said that he went in through a window. Mm. And, um, so maybe he just used it as an excuse and got off later. Yeah, well, that was a common know. thing with, uh, not to get too <clears throat> much off course here, but Bundy, yeah. he, was a, he was a big window lover window liquor (laughs) going through windows so he'd actually go into the house paul never had the balls to do something like that Mm. he would attack before they were able to reach their house like i said um he did that rape where he was able to rape that one chick for an hour and a half on her front lawn no one sees that i guess these things happen i mean there's the whole kitty genovese thing that's what i mean dude hindsight yeah. You know? In hindsight, it's just like no one sees it. 
But in the moment, I guess there are hours that go by where no one's on the street, no one's looking out their window. Right. Yeah. So, so it's, here it's, is... It's, like, look, uh, I'll just say uh, this disclaimer first. Like, this episode is brought to you by Toxic Masculinity. But it just shows, like, women, man. Watch out for yourselves. Look around. Have some kind of game plan derived. Right, Carrie? Yeah, for sure. What would you say? I wouldn't be going anywhere alone, but it's just yeah. interesting. Have someone with you. I would say carry pepper spray. Well, with Bernardo, though, the people are getting abducted in, like, mid-daylight. You know, like, you mm. wouldn't think to be cautious in the That's daytime. true. That's true. Yeah, and I think there's courses you can take where they're taught by, like, a- a cops that are women. And they teach you about what to look for in here and there. Because they see this shit on field and stuff. And just put this thing of confidence in you. As in like, as in like, stop, get away from me. You're Paul Bernardo. <laughs> Imagine, that's what you should do, is just yell that out. If you like think some guy's about to, hey, uh, my name is, uh, you're Paul Bernardo. <laughs> there you go. Just shout it at everybody. No. Just introduce yourself that way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so so there's lots of signs that this guy was sketchy, and now he's going out with Carla. And I went. Yeah, had, he got on very well with the family. Very. Oh well. yeah. Okay. Yes. Huge. With her. They family. were a little uneasy about the age difference, but okay. it didn't take them long to fall into his web. And Carla would just seem absolutely infatuated by him. So I think that also plays into it. They saw how happy Carla was with Paul and. They were happy about that. And then Paul started to get eyes for her younger sister. Name? Tammy Homoka. Tammy Homoka. And it was weird how well they got on. There's a story of they once went to Buffalo, New York State, just them two, and they made out mm-hmm. in a drunken fit. Okay. I don't know why they, they decided. I think they probably went there to... Paul was probably getting some booze. He would do that a lot. Go to the States and buy booze and then come back. And he probably took Tammy with him. So he's basically grooming Carla's sister, right? Absolutely. She, she was a child at this time, right? Mm-hmm. Or, I mean... 15, uh, I think? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Grooming. Absolutely. Grooming her. Yeah. And getting inside her head. And I think Carla could pick up on stuff like that. And it probably really pissed her off. She was totally down with anything Paul wanted her to do. So they started doing weird things. Um, <laughs> I forgot to add this part in, which gives it a lot of context. Paul proposed to Carla Homoka. Okay. Yeah. And obviously that upped the ante on things. That made things a lot more interesting for Carla. Like, uh, this guy has chosen me. She was under this whole like cult leader thing, you know what I mean? Like, he was Jim Jones to her, and she was a follower. Okay, so she's like like it was a cult leader, really enthralled with. uh, They were both obsessed with each other. Yeah, obsessed. Okay, yeah, I saw that. So he proposed to her, and then um, the family said, "Well, you guys, you should move in to our place, so you guys can stay for the wedding," and. Paul's a lot closer to the sister that way. The family wasn't thinking of that, obviously. Right. Or Paul was, probably. And Homoka was, too. And so they started doing things like having sex, him and Homoka, in the sister's bed. 
Um, Homoka would wear her sister's clothes and have sex with him. And then they took it an even step further where um, Homoka decided to sedate her sister using chemicals that were used for animals because she worked for a veterinary clinic. She got hired on, I guess, to a veterinary clinic from working in a pet store. All right. There's not really any details on, on the transition of that, of how she went from pet store to working in a veterinary clinic. This could be good career advice, though. If you, if you want to work at a vet, then go get a job at a hey, pet store. Well, did you say that in the interview to the pet store that you <laughs> threw a freaking hamster out the window? Right? Yeah, anyway. Pro- probably don't put that on your CV. So, and they videotaped the whole thing where they sedated her sister and Paul raped her while Carla Homoka taped it. Right. So that was video number one. Okay. And that's the first big one, right? Like, that's a huge step into, like, a whole other thing from, like, just having sex in her sister, her younger sister's bed. Then the next big one, which is on every archives of Paul Bernardo and Carla Homoka, um, is their first murder when they made a videotape of same thing. Homoka's going to film it. Paul Bernard is going to have sex with her. Paul asked Carla to join in, and she did. And they both started to rape her sister while she was on animal tranquilizers. And it was on Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so they drugged the girl on yeah. multiple yeah, no, occasions. No, I know. It's before, a lot. It's a lot. The, uh, they drugged the sister. They yeah. put just animal tranquilizers, like I said, in her drink. They invited her to drink with them on Christmas Eve. It's Christmas Eve. Let's the whole family get drunk. I always get drunk with my family on Christmas Eve. But they had very dark intentions, well, obviously. Probably didn't at, at 15, even. No, not at that age. Right. Of course not. Did you? No, I'm just saying that... Uh, it, was, saying. <laughs> <laughs> it was harmless and innocent, is what I mean. She thought she was like having a good time with them both. She told and she totally idolized Paul Bernardo right. and her sister. Yeah. And she wanted the life that her sister had. Right. So she was easily swayed by this stuff. So this uh <laughs> the drugging doesn't end end well, I, I take it. No, yeah, absolutely. So Paul invites her, Carla, to join in. Carla does, totally willingly willingly, rather. Um no Resistance, no, like, oh, I don't know. Totally does it to her own sister. Yeah. And there's a lot of details on how it all went down, but she started to come out of it, and that's actually a normal thing. She came out of it before in other videos they made of Paul raping her. They would just stop. And apparently the sedatives were so deep that she wouldn't be able to remember anything, so she wouldn't know what was going on while she was in an unconscious state. And this time, though, she was starting to cough and really have, a, like, a bad reaction to it, convulsions. And apparently Carla put a rag over her mouth because she was puking and stuff. And it was, like, acid puke. I think. Uh, the rag was actually, um, had a substance on it. Mm. A chemical substance. Yeah, well, like, which sealed, which did the whole... It burned her face, yeah. actually. 
Was like ether or ether? What's that stuff that they you see it on the ether? Yeah, you see it in all the TV shows where they put the rag over your face and you oh, chloroform? pass it. Yeah, oh, yeah, chloroform. Like that, yeah, so. But I don't think it was chloroform. Hmm. So <clears throat> she did that, uh, which yeah caused her to get burns on her face, and she was spazzing out, having these big time convulsions. So they both freak out and take her to the hospital with the family, and she dies at the hospital. And again, hindsight. Uh, that's going to be the primary thing in this cast is hindsight because bring her to the hospital. She's got burns on her face and they thought maybe that's from, this is why I brought up the acid puke. Maybe that's from her puking up the animal sedatives that were in her stomach and there's acids in your like stomach acids. So that like came up and burned her face. Maybe that was that. Okay. Like as a, as a, <clears throat> As a doctor or a nurse, I don't know who was looking at her. Well, they, they said that um, the excuse for the burns on her face were from the carpet. It was a rug burn, is what Carla and Paul told the doctors. Yeah, they said that, and then the nurses and the doctors made That was another conclusion that they thought. That was another thought that they had about what may have happened. Okay. But, long story short, a, a, a child dies from being... Drugged and well, filled with alcohol, and uh, and yeah, and this doesn't raise alarm bells. No, okay, exactly. That that's exactly my point. No alarm bells, none. I think nowadays there'd be more of an investigation because of shit like this happening with uh, Hamoka and Bernardo. I don't know though. Who knows, man? This is a strange country. It's a strange case. <laughs> it is, yeah, absolutely. So and and yeah, so they get away with that one. So their sister's Carla's younger sister Tammy is now dead, uh, courtesy of Paul Bernardo and Carla Homoka, and they just move on to the next thing, which is obviously the wedding coming up. Um, so they take her body though and put it into the some river around St. Catharines. Well, no, that would that would be Leslie. Oh, the, 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 well, how the was sister her, went to the hospital, so she was taken care of. How was her body like disposed a, of? Well, how, however, her family, family must have buried her. Because right. oh, they didn't right. get her, they didn't, you know, Right. <laughs> yeah, they, so. They didn't hand her back to her abusers after passing away. <laughs> okay, so that happens, and then they just continue on with the wedding. So... They're not married yet, and then they decide to... to Do it again. Okay. With a girl from the street. Paul's going to abduct her and then take her back to to their place. So basically, they, they recreate the same sort of thing again with someone they've abducted. Is that... Yeah, and even before this, um, they liked it. They liked the whole thing that went down with Tammy. So that was a pretty good thing for both of them. Uh, They made a video. The title of the video, uh, I can't remember, but it's on... I just found the transcript of it on Reddit, where just a video of Carla by herself, uh, her naked self, and then Paul comes into it later. 
I'm going to paraphrase it uh, very vaguely, but anyone can go and find that transcript on Reddit. Like, it's very easy to find. And it's just them talking about how Carla's happy that she gave her sister's virginity to Paul. She's sorry that she wasn't a virgin when Paul met her. And she's happy that they both raped her. She's happy she's dead, going over these kinds of things. But they, they, they said this in a, a video that yeah, they made of themselves. Those words. Yeah. I know. And uh, I guess this was like Paul's thing at the time. It, it seems like Paul, it was his idea, but Carla was totally just down for the whole thing. Like she kind of made the video. Mm. She had to, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot, man. Even like talking about it, I'm just like, holy fuck. Yeah, so... I understand why people do this in two parts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we could, uh... Yeah, no, we gotta keep going. Long story short... We gotta keep going. There's not much, too much left. Or maybe there is. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and then... So they like this. They like this whole get-up of, like, getting someone, we both rape them, and we make a video out of it. Apparently, Carla did that with another woman that she worked with at the veterinary clinic, where Carla invited her out for going boozing and they both did that she did the same thing put some animal tranquilizer in her drink it works she takes the chick back to paul and that's a present for paul so she was now bringing him in their minds virgins for paul to rape and they would make videos out of it and carla would join in and because of the tranquilizer she would wake up and not remember anything and this woman actually survived. This woman that uh, Carla worked with. Okay, so before they move into abducting people, they're, yeah. they're testing this yes, whole thing. Yes, yes. Well, I, I mean, a... I guess they abducted her, but not in the... They didn't just grab a random person off the street. No, not like yet. They, yeah, right. Not okay. yet. But I think it's important to get that in there. As in, like, they're, they're liking <clears throat> this thing of making these videos and both going at them. And they like the thing of putting them on tranquilizer to where you can't remember what happened after. So, which I guess is a thing. I don't know the drugs that you take for that, but I've heard similar things of other serial killers using that on victims. Like I heard about this dude called the Toy Box Killer, which I'm sure we'll do an episode over. <laughs> Carrie's nodding her head. <laughs> so, And he used that same kind of... It's like a date rape drug where you don't remember what happened after. Was it for, ketamine that they're using? Isn't that one of the you know party drugs? Than... Oh, that's the only vet drug I know because it yeah. used to be. Well, you would know better than me. Yeah, you know, I'm it? dropping kales, huh? No, I, I know you've had it used on you. Like, oh, oh yeah, I. Well, let's. I'm limping <laughs> out of here. What what happened? Oh, whatever. Anyway, so they had this thing happen, and then I guess they wanted to do the whole abduction thing. I don't know how really that came about. I don't know what was wrong with just Carla making friends with people at work. Maybe it was too risky. Who knows? Like, I don't know how you think, how you go from there to abducting people, but apparently Paul was driving around. There was this uh, young lady by the name of... Leslie Mahaffey. Leslie Mahaffey. Uh, A girl, right? I mean, she's just a child, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 14. And she was, it was a late night for her. She was out with her friends past curfew. And 
Uh, she was out with her buddies, boozing, I guess. Maybe there was drinks involved. Who knows? Late night. And she comes home because she was past curfew. Her parents locked her out. So she tried to get in the house and the door was locked. So couldn't get in. And she goes to the street to call for her buddy to come back and get her. And that's when Paul shows up. And it's un, it's not really on the books on who asked who for a cigarette. But they both started smoking a cigarette. And then I guess Paul, he would do this thing. And he did this with his rape victims too. Where he'd put a knife to their throat and just be like, shut, shut up, get in. And go into this whole predator mode. Yeah. Bundy was like that too. Where he'd just flick it on. This total other character, almost demonic, some way, you know. Switch into this other mode, and he put that on and captured her. And it sucks for the parents. You think about that, right? Yeah. Like you made that curfew thing, probably trying to teach her a lesson. She broke the rule, and now, right? Anyway, I don't even want to get into that because I, I can't even imagine what that's like. Oh, it's terrible. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can't absolutely. Can't expect. I mean, this is something incredibly disclaimer. rare. Thank, thank. See God. the beginning of the podcast when we made the disclaimer. <laughs> right, right. Yes, yes. <laughs> but uh, so that uh, so they recreate the whole thing and they they murder this girl as well in the same. Yeah, and they made a videotape out of it and they tape it. And it's important to mention that because that's going to come into big time play later on, right? This is one of the big, huge, incriminating tapes that right. they made. So, yeah, she's knocked off the list, unfortunately. And they disposed of her body. This is what I was looking for before. They put her body in the Gibson River. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is... Lake Gibson, yeah. Lake near, Gibson. Near St. Catharines. Lake Gibson, rather, yeah. yeah. It's not a river, it's a lake. Yeah. Lake Gibson. In some, it said, I thought it said in cement blocks, so what they... Right. Pour her into cement, or apparently, apparently Paul went to Canadian Tire, I guess, and picked up some mixing cement, which you can buy at any hardware store, and just bring it back and put her body parts. And they probably thought they were being smart in doing that, but like a bunch of cement blocks floating in a lake, you don't think that's going to be a question mark? Well, so somebody came across it, anyways, right? Uh, yeah, fishing. and they still have yet to get married too. Well, coincidentally, the body was found on the same day, right? Yeah, of their marriage. Uh, yeah, of their wedding. Yeah. Niagara on the Lake. Yeah, in the year of... It's a nice place for uh, a wedding. It was uh, 91. Oh, that's when it was found? 1991? Yeah. Okay. That, that's when they were married. 91. All right, so, yeah, <clears throat> same day that they were married. Apparently, the, the wedding went great. Um, after that, they got a property in Port, Port Dalhousie, which I've been to. You guys ever been to Port Dalhousie? Well, I've been to Port Dalhousie. Are you oh, saying you've been to the pro- the property? Like the house? No. Oh, okay. I thought they tore it down or something. Uh, I, I don't know. They Maybe probably they did have. Tore, tore it down. Because so many people would want to check that out. I hope not. And we can talk about that later, of the kind of impact that all this was having to southern Ontario, let alone Canada, as it was coming all to the light. Because all this like wasn't known yet. We still have yet to get to uh, one of the last victims, but they, they get a property in Port Dalhousie, and they want to do it again. They want to get another victim, and this one was Christian French. Oh, Kristen. Kristen French. Kristen. Yeah, and how they got her was, yeah, wanted to get another victim, went out looking for one, 
stopped in a church parking lot, probably to establish trust. I don't know if that was an unconscious thing, but you know, what girl's going to think you're going to grab her in a church parking lot? And this chick's walking home from a freaking school assembly. She went to a Catholic school, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Carla, uh, I heard that she would act really ditzy to try and lure the chick in, and it's like, act. Something about a map. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. She'd be like, yeah, we're lost. Help us out. Oh, my God. And she was already, like, kind of ditzy just to begin with, so, yeah. And then Paul would just come up behind her with the knife on her throat kind of thing and put it in the back. Now, did I hear that uh, there were witnesses that saw... Yes! uh, Yeah, I heard that, too. They saw the car, and they gave the police the wrong information. Okay. Not not by their own um, will, like as in, I'm too scared to say anything. But they just got it wrong. Well, I guess that happens a lot with eyewitness reports. I mean, how much do you remember about a car Actually, that you didn't really... No, absolutely. You just sort of you saw You think you got it, but you don't. Yeah. You're like, oh, it was orange. And then 20 minutes later, uh, maybe it was purple. Right, right. So yeah, they get her... And this one's really effed up because she was just like this total innocent girl and they really did a number on her. And she, apparently she had the whole mind of, if I cooperate, uh, they'll let me go. Yeah. Like, I just got to go along with it all and I can live through this. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, that didn't happen, right? So no, absolutely. The yeah, end, they sexually like tortured it, her for three days straight, apparently. Um, probably one of the most fucked up things I heard oh. was that her... her And I'll, I'll just say this, and then I'll, I won't go in any more uh, Okay, I don't want too many details. We, we don't need to no. try and titillate anybody who's listening. No, I'm just going to... Just this one thing. Just this one thing. Okay. What, degenerate? Well, I don't know. <laughs> you know could be the future serial killers out there. Oh, give them there. ideas? No, no, I'm not, <laughs> not saying that. I'm just... Whatever, anyways. You got one thing that you wanted to get out. Uh, I just heard this and I just was like, oh, for fuck's sake, this fucking guy. So, um, her dad would do these videos of like, if anyone knows where she is, please let us know. Any information? That's that normal... Things that you sometimes see parents of missing children do. Paul made her watch that. Oh. And made a video out of it. Mm. I don't know, man. When I heard that, that was so fucked up. Yeah, that's fucked. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that, that, that's all I say. And then, and then, apparently, Paul went out for groceries. And while he was doing that, Carla, he comes back, and she's dead. Paul didn't kill her, apparently. Okay. So who did? Carla, right? Right. Uh, well, do the math. Well, according to her story, it's completely different. Yeah. I'm sure there's not some third. Yeah, dude. Right. So let's look at what we have now. We have three murders. Right. Two are on tape. Multiple rapes by Paul Bernardo before that. Right. And another tape with the two of them talking about the crime that they did to Tammy Homoka. So, we got some shit here, right? To, to look at. We got some shit to discuss. Right. Which is what we're going to get on now, right? So, at this point, 
I, uh, I imagine the police are have connected the, the t- uh, two murders. They found the body of the first victim, and they disposed of Chris- Christian French in that bathtub, washed her body down. Did they dump it in the same spot, the Gibson they, Lake? No, no. no they dumped it near the cemetery where the other girl was buried, actually. Okay, and they found her body, I'm thinking. Yeah, and then uh, I think... Didn't they call in, like, uh, profilers or whatever? Yeah, the AI profiler. Right. Mm. Who said, well, look, this is related. Right. Now, he when was you relating say... the murders, but they I don't think they had the connection between the Scarborough rapist. Yeah. Right. Now, when you say FBI profiler, do you mean, like, a guy that specifically looks at serial killers? Yeah, like, the people that, like, look, look at crimes and then try Like the guys from Mindhunters. Right. Show? Yeah, yeah, those nice. kind of folks. Yeah, yeah. Or uh, just side, criminal just side. side. Quick, the... quick side. Just so close to the side. Has anyone watched any of those episodes yet? Mindhunter season two. Uh, I haven't seen it in season two yet. Dude, anyone listening, get on it. If you like true crime, if you like true crime. If you like even just a good story, if you like anything by David Fincher, you got to get on that. You know about David Fincher? I get him confused with another director, but Did you're talking seven. About... Directed oh, seven and aliens, or Alien Three. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're That's the one you always bring up. I don't care about Seven. I don't care about Fight Club. I don't care about the Social Network. I don't care about the remake of the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. I care about fucking Alien Three. <laughs> it was good. That was the one where they're yeah, on the man. prison uh, colony and. Uh, <laughs> I, don't I don't know. I've seen Alien Resurrection. The, the one with Renona Ryder? No, yeah, and the big human alien, and he gets sucked, sucked out through that little hole. Yeah, great movie. And that one dude who can bounce bullets off the ceiling. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> Is that the one you're talking about? No, it's the one before that. Yeah. No one, no one, no Ryder in that one. I've seen Alien 1 and Alien 2. Okay. But anyway, well, you see them all. check out Mindhunter. Should stop. It's, it's researching awesome. pedophiles, serial killers, and, and spend some time watching sci-fi movies instead. Okay, yeah. We'll uh, just change yeah. mid-course. This is a sci-fi podcast now. We're just going to talk about. I don't know. But you said Alien Three. <laughs> as a, I know. As, as the, you I'm trying up. to say David Fincher okay. is a good good director. All right, so Mindhunter. It's about true crime, as well as this podcast episode. Yeah, yeah, that's how it fits in to what we're talking about. (laughs) Um, So yeah, we'll get back on the track now. Get back on course. Where were we? We so so. How did they catch them? What were the police doing? Doing all right. I want to add this one thing in though. Is that I heard that there was two primary detectives. Their names I don't know. Okay. But uh, there was two guys that were on this case. For a good while, like ever since they found, um, not Christian French, the one before Leslie. Leslie, yep. yeah, Hoffy. There was the Green Ribbon Task Force, so they were a thing. Hmm. Green Ribbon Task Force this mm-hmm. is what the people. Okay, so the the when Toronto PD was looking into the Scarborough rapist, they didn't catch him. The hospital never caught him when uh, Tammy died but 
these folks. They yeah. they were on it, and they eventually a bunch did. of times, eh? He, he eluded it. Yeah, but these guys eventually. Well, these guys were, were publicized. Okay. Apparently, they were in the newspapers. They were in a lot of like CBC and stuff, and all these different media outlets. Like a lot of people knew them, including Carla Homoka. Okay. Knew them from the TV. Yes. Okay. And Paul Bernardo knew them as well. Like these two primary detective dudes who were pretty well known. And they kind of come into play later. So like I said, we got the rap sheet. All these these tapes have been made. And they're married still. Now we go on to the treatment of Carla Homoka and Paul Bernardo. The treatment. Of Carla Homoka by Paul Bernardo. Oh, I see. Okay. So this this becomes an issue that uh, he's... Uh... Yeah, he starts to get very violent and aggressive with her. Okay. Uh, there's a picture of her uh, when she actually did, I guess, have the courage or the encouragement from her family to leave the house and go to the cops. There's a picture of her of what she looked like. And she looks like... Uh, you guys know what corpse paint is? Right, yes. She uh, looks like corpse paint without bands. the paint. Right, okay. Like it's these deep raccoon eyes. Yeah, I saw the pictures. Two, yeah. two black eyes. Apparently Paul gave that to her. With a huh? flashlight. Yeah, with a flashlight. Yeah. Couldn't so have I guess he turned his hand on her. Now, why was he so pissed off with her? Why was uh, he so pissed off? Yeah. You think he's just that way? He just turned all his shit on Carla? Um, why does he do anything that he... He does. He's doing all yeah. sorts of crazy, disgusting things. So, I mean, could be the least of all. Could be that he didn't want her to die. Uh, French. And oh, Carla, I see. Well, and see. Carla killed her. So this is right afterwards. Yeah, that, this is, this that, is after all, all that went down. Okay. And they found her body. They haven't been caught yet. And Paul starts beating the shit out of Carla. Okay. And, and then she goes to the police. And her family is starting to see all this. And then, yeah, she goes to the police. I see. And then she, these two detectives, who I mentioned previously, who have been on this case since they found Tammy, they come to talk to her. And she knows these two guys. She knows that they're on these murdered women case, and they want answers on it. And she could be a suspect on it. So she freaks out. After talking to these guys, just talking to them for a little bit, freaks out and runs to her uncle and tells him everything. Spills all of her guts to the uncle. Tells him about the tapes. Tells him about Paul raping. Tells him about Paul beating the shit out of her. Paul fucking around with the two... with. Uh, Tammy and Kristen, French. All of it. But frames it in a way that she was manipulated. I see. So what you're telling me is that after all this and getting away with it for, for years, all this crazy crime spree, that it wasn't some great investigative work that happened that they were caught. It's that she just spilled the beans. 
Carlin. Yes, yes. That's an interesting way of looking at it. I've never seen it that way, but yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, you're right. Like, I guess if she wouldn't have done that, she got really... Well, like I said, she knew who these guys were because their names were all over the newspapers. Yeah. These one, two dudes who were big-time investigators. So she maybe thought, if I don't say anything now, they're going to figure it out, and then I'm going to be an even more deeper shit because I didn't... I didn't like, I uh, look like a victim in this way, where if I just break down now and go, oh, yeah, oh, so well, I'm really sorry, but... They, now, they were there because they were onto them? Is that how they They just came got, in to, to talk I to her. I feel they were closing in, yeah, they were questioning yeah. her, for oh, sure. Okay. And I think maybe she just got scared, and like you said, was at least that way she could spin it the way she wanted to spin it. Yeah, so now we get into her getting a lawyer... And coming up with some level of a plan. Which do you want to talk about? So, okay. So she gets a lawyer and negotiates a, a plea deal, right? Uh, so she's going to testify against Bernardo at trial. Mm. And in exchange, she's going to get, what, 12 years, right? Mm-hmm. For the murders. Because they're, they're not trying them for Tammy. They haven't really... Well, helping. She was aiding and abetting. Right. In capturing women and holding them. Mm-hmm. Right. So, the process... Was, it, was the thing involving her sister, was that also part of the trial? I don't think that it was. I don't yeah, think I don't so. think, I don't so think it, they ever tried anybody for that. Yeah. Um, so... And what was this called? They put a very specific name on it. Uh, yeah, so I guess it was called in the press, The Deal with the Devil... Yeah. That uh, uh, they made this this plea deal, and uh, so she took her twelve years and uh, and testified. But obviously, totally sold out, Paul. Yeah, told him everything. He he's manipulating me. I was a prisoner. Right. That was her story. Yeah. Obviously, she spent it to. And the crown bought it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, him. They- they wanted to put somebody in jail. Like, obviously, they wanted Bernardo, so... Nine times out of ten. I'm sure that's the that would be the true dynamic, right? It's not too often no, that you actually, have... that's uh, actually a good point. A they, woman need, they need a, a, a villainous character for this. Um, a male who's good-looking fits the bill. Like, this guy was behind it the whole time. Ooh, who knew? Yeah, I mean, how could it be a couple? How could it be a woman involved with this as well? Yeah, like I'm not a criminal profiler, but uh, uh, I imagine that most times, if you catch a man and a woman involved in in, in rapes and murders, that that the man is the one leading the the situation, right? Yeah. So yeah. if they made this bet, I agree. Most yeah. times, they probably would have been right. So, but I agree, and I think it's a good point that Carrie made. You know, they need a monster. They need someone to give to the masses. Yeah. And they also need to... So that's probably why they hurried her along. Like, okay, yeah, whatever. Just get us our guy. Mm-hmm. And they needed to get a conviction too, right? They didn't know about the existence of the the tapes that were made. Which was more When they made up. this deal, right? No, not at all. So That they... was very convenient that she kept that out of there. Because she knows. She knows what's on them. Right, she knew the t- That's not tapes. Help for her at all. Right. Yeah, she knew the tapes of those two women, and she knows that's not going to help her. Right, 
so she quickly take snaps up whatever deal that she can get mm-hmm. before they realize that they're they don't need her testimony at all because there's videotapes of the crimes, right? Right. So now they go and get Paul. Do you guys want to talk about that? Sure. Sure. So what happened? They go and get Paul and there's a media, <laughs> media blackout, right? Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it was... Media big, blackout? Big, well, it wasn't a blackout, per se, but... Yeah, uh, they didn't report on the... You weren't allowed to report on the yeah, case I heard about in, the, this. in the papers, right? Because it was a big case. And Canadians started to bootleg broadcasting from Buffalo and other small towns in New York State, because the... Uh, especially New York State, but... Um, also other American states that were all over it. Yeah. That's all they could talk about. The U.S. press was all, yeah. all over the story. So uh, we started bootlegging their transmissions. And then if you were found doing that, there was going to be some hard slams for you by the law. Right. Canadian law. So people would uh, try and grab U.S. papers and bring <laughs> them across the border. And if you got... If they caught you with more than a couple uh, copies of, like, Buffalo News or whatever, when you're coming across the Peace Bridge, then they would confiscate them, right? Because people were trying to bring in news of this uh, this trial, which wasn't being printed in, in Canada, and it was early days of the internet, right? So most people weren't, weren't on the internet. It wasn't... Uh, Did the internet even exist? It did. No. Yeah, it was around, and I think they did try and take some steps to get websites to not not talk about it, but it wasn't really that big a deal, because it wasn't... What it is today. People didn't have... Not every single person was on the internet. Most people well, probably are like, what the hell is the internet, right? So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So you would just try and bring newspapers across, right? And, but that was banned uh, during the trial. I guess. Why, why did they not want us to know anything about this? Uh, I mean, I don't get it. Like, I don't at, get it at the point when the trial's going on, you know, I mean, the prosecution and the police know for sure that he's guilty. Oh. It's There's no question. So, like, I, I could see, like, there is some thought that you have to make sure that this person gets a fair trial. But let's be real. In this case, you don't really need to make sure... Of that, he doesn't really need a fair trial. You know that he's guilty, right? So, I don't know why you would want to. Well, I think it's interesting how those tapes came to the whole process of things. Apparently, when Paul and his lawyer, so Paul's stands charged of some very serious shit, and he knows, and I think he had the thought, like, if I'm not going down, and Carla gets this deal with the devil. Right. As, as this name is going, like, where's my deal with the devil? I got to take this bitch with me, because Paul knows. Obviously, he was there for it, so he knows all the crazy shit that she did. And he told his lawyer where the tapes were, and they were in this like pot light where they yeah. the whole house was sure, searched, but they didn't even find those tapes. Seventy-one days, I think, they searched that house. Yeah, seventy-one days. Good lord. So t- tells the lawyer. The lawyer goes and finds the tapes, brings them back, and Paul says to this lawyer. Do not watch those tapes, dude. And the lawyer, not adhering to his advice, watches the tapes. And he says that he had a daughter himself. And he said he's always, still to this day, he's affected by it. Crazy. He'll never forget 
the shit that he saw on those tapes. So did he stay as Bernardo's lawyer yes. after? Yes. Got a job to do. I guess. I hear you though. I hear you. Yeah. I know the guy you're defending after you saw him do this shit, right? Yeah. Fucking lawyers, vampires, undead, no souls. Yeah, I mean the lawyers. It's a lot of problems with lawyers in the, in yeah. the world. It's like in Blade Two when um, there's a there's a scene where it's a lawyer of those things that come against Blade in Blade Two, and they and they shake this one dude's hand. He's a human, and they're like, "Are you a vampire?" And he's like, "Hardly. I'm a lawyer." <laughs> All right. Yeah. See what I'm saying? <laughs> it's, it's, it's sci-fi cast uh, time. Be, uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway. So it's a pretty much an open and shut case, right? Like, uh, there's all the evidence yeah, that you could ask for. Yeah, there's tons of shit we can get on Paul now. Okay. They can get on Paul. Yeah. To give him life. And I want to say, unfortunately, we don't have the death penalty in Canada. Yeah, unfortunately. I mean, yeah, in this for, case. For shit like this, like right? Child murder right. and... Uh, it is unfortunate. Where you know for sure. For sure, I mean, there's no question that like, there's, it's, there's no way that he could have, you know for certain that he was involved. Like, there's no question like that you got the wrong verdict, right? So, obviously, <laughs> right, right. you should, you know, in that extreme case of certainty, I think that you should have that option open. I mean, how much does it cost to have him in his right. cell right now? Like for for very specific cases, yeah. Like this one, I agree, dude. At least Absolutely. for for cases like this one, I mean, this is the uh, gold standard of cases where you know the crime's terrible and disgusting, and the guilt of the person is known with certainty. So yeah, we got it on tape, dude. Yeah. So I think, you know, we could bring back the the, the, the gallows for uh, for Bernardo. Absolutely. I mean, it's good that he's uh, he got that. Uh, yeah. So he got life in prison. Yeah. And then he got a dangerous offender label, which right. pretty well denies you of any chance of parole, if not well, he concrete still, denies you any chance of parole. Later. He still gets parole hearings. Yeah. After twenty five years, uh, but. Yeah, they can keep him in indefinitely. I guess without this designation, you can't get longer than 25 years in Canada unless you're designated a dangerous offender. I think that's how it works. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so he could potentially and hopefully will be in prison for the rest of his life. He'll he'll die there. Definitely, definitely. And uh, I got a few things on his, on his prison life. Do you think I can piss now? Uh-huh. We can put pause on this? Sure. Yeah. Thanks, guys. We're back. Okay, and we're back uh, to the tall gray discussing Paul Bernardo. How's your piss? Hamoka. Oh, dude. Talking about Gibson Lake. <laughs> I made a second installment on that mother. For more dead bodies. Joking, joking. See the beginning of the podcast for the disclaimer. Alright, so where were we? Talking about... The trial and Paul Bernardo being convicted now. Okay, so he's gone away. He's in jail. Yeah, he's in jail. 
and sent to Kingston, Maximum Penitentiary. Remember those days, guys? Man. Yeah. Those were the days, eh? We always knew we had this Maximum Pen up in Kingston. Now where the hell is it? They moved it. Yeah, Kingston's closed. Uh, I don't know. Is the new place any better? Because Kingston had, sort of had a reputation. Um, I thought you had a few friends that went there. <laughs> no? Where is it? I don't even know where it is, the new one. It's like this Beach mega Beach. jail. Anyway, Bernardo was sent there and put in solitary confinement for obvious reasons. Because you can imagine, like, a lot of criminals in there, they got kids themselves. Imagine being a bank robber, having two daughters or whatever, and then hearing about what he he did to women. Wouldn't you just like, oh, my God. Yeah. Pe- You'd be throwing from, darts at the guy's pic- picture. From what I hear, people who mess around with children don't fare yeah. too well in prison. Kitty diddlies. Uh, so, Need their own protection. I don't know. Maybe we can cross our fingers and uh, hope that uh, his guards fall asleep and all the cameras around his cell mal- malfunction. Well, uh, apparently that was the case. He was kept under high security detail. Yeah, it was surveillance. Solitary confinement, like I said. So he was the only guy in his cell. Didn't have a cellmate. The only thing I heard in 1999 was these four dudes broke into solitary confinement in the process, they caused a prison riot, oh, yeah. and one of their huge motives was to find and kill Paul Bernardo. God bless him. I'm not sure if they had anything else on the mind, but that was a priority. That was one of them. That was on the list. I, I, Absolutely God bless these guys. Well, I mean, I don't know what they did. Maybe they did some terrible things themselves. But Yeah, could be. They could stay in prison and... I can, uh, I can just totally understand just being this in there for, you know, busted on a freaking heroin dealing charge or something like that. You've been around weapons and fights your entire life, and then this guy comes into prison <laughs> listening to what he did. And, and maybe you have some yeah, jailbird who's, who's pregnant with your child or whatever, and then you're just like, this fucker, this is great. Yeah, it sounds it sounds like a crazy escape. So yeah, definitely not a, a fun life in, in prison for this guy. But I think we all expected that. So did they get to him at all? These no, guys, oh, no, they stopped. They were able to stop it. But like I said, in the process, uh, they caused a prison riot. That was uh, kind of a common thing in Kinson Penitentiary. Riots. Yeah, mm-hmm. a few prison, prison riots. Well, if you're in jail, you're probably the kind of person that likes to. Have a riot. <laughs> yeah, good one. But Homoka, let's talk about her. How was life for her after conviction? Deal with the devil. 12 years, right? Yeah, so she gets 12 years and, and does the whole thing, well, the whole 12 years, which I, I, I know the press really, uh, because it turned out that they didn't really need her testimony, that people didn't really care for the, uh, the 12-year sentence, but... Realistically, 12 years is a pretty long sentence for a woman in Canada, uh, as far as I know. Yeah. Um, so she did the whole 12. Well, she, that just shows our crime rate, dude. Like, this is a very unique thing, I think, that happened in that time. 
I'm not saying terrible things don't happen in, in Canada as far as criminality goes, but like things like this, like girls being held captive and sexually tortured. Yeah. And usually not perpetrated by, by women, right? Right, so, right. Um, which made Carla a big uh, spectacle for the media, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so they made that movie with the chick from that 70s show. Yeah. Uh, which Carrie has seen. Mm-hmm. I, don't know. I don't know if I'd watch it. It's Ooh. banned, isn't it, in, mm-hmm. in some it's countries? It's banned in Canada, at least it was. Oh, it's banned. Yeah. I heard it wasn't well-reviewed. I don't know. Can you really separate the uh, subject matter from from the film, right? Like, I don't know. Why do you make a movie like that? Well, I don't know. Why, I know. why do you make I a know. podcast no, talking dude. about it for an hour? But well, it's it's easier to listen to than see it and yeah. listen to it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I I feel like I heard the movie was sort of sympathetic to Carla's point oh, of view. Oh, was it? Too. Yeah. yeah, that's the whole. Not only Carla tried to sell this narrative. The media then tried to sell it to the masses of Canada, and the Crown tried to tell us that sort of thing as well, is that she was a, a prisoner, a victim of Stockholm Syndrome almost, uh, manipulated by Bernardo. And I thought it was very interesting. When I was doing my research, every podcast, every YouTube channel that was independent, so it wasn't the CBC or CKCO or any kind of national network, didn't have this narrative of Carla being manipulated. Okay. And I'm not saying that the CBC was was saying those kinds of words, like Carla didn't know what she was doing. But they would conveniently leave out things like I said, like her first boyfriend, she made up all these lies about chains and whips and name-calling being involved in the first time they had sex. Yeah. And they left out that transcript of the first tape that they made. Right. Where Carla is talking about how I, I liked how you killed my sister and took her virginity. They right. left that out. Now, why did they leave that out? Maybe to save time or maybe to save a narrative. I'm not sure. But, and that's all that's, I'll say. That's a good point. I mean, the mainstream media might have a narrative to push. It seems like they did. And, and and the people that they put on who are critical of Carla, they get like 15 minutes, 15 minutes camera time. Right. The rest of it is on how, what a terrible guy Paul was. And I'm not saying anything to right. you know, dismiss Paul of any crazy shit that he did. No, absolutely. Total piece of shit. Yeah. I heard he, the, the new thing, right, is that he's got some, he tried to get some girlfriend and he almost had her, but she came to her senses. She's from London. Oh, I didn't, hear, I didn't hear this. Has he been communicating with people? Yeah, he has, and he almost got someone. Oh, yeah. Her family made her come to her senses, but she was ready to marry him. Well, that's a common thing, right? That, uh, I don't know, yeah. people fall for people in prison, like, how many people wanted to be, or wasn't uh, Uncle Charlie uh, married a bunch of times from prison? I think at least once. Uncle or Charlie. Manson. Manson. Oh, Manson. You call him Uncle Charlie? Oh, that's what the <laughs> girls called him? That's what his... his... I don't know, I'm just fucking right. <laughs> I think, it, did you ever see that South Park where Charles Manson get, gets... No. Uh, I think it's Sorry. Funny. That sounds uh, funny, though, just from hearing that. 
Um, but, uh, yeah, didn't he get married a bunch of times for Fresno? Like, all these, like, crazy oh, killers, like, ha- have groupies and shit, right? Who, like, but Manson, that's a little different. Not saying Manson's a, a good guy or anything. Bernardo made tapes of sexually torturing, torturing young girls. Oh, it's disgusting, yeah. yeah. I, I, well, Bunny but, was the but, same way. Weren't there a bunch of women that were mad for him in the in the courtroom? So it's women and this thing with serial killers. They they Is it the ultimate bad boy? I don't know. I have no idea what Me it neither, is about dude. people in prison. They have that Me show on, on the TLC or whatever, Life After Lockup, where they're... Uh, <laughs> Carrie knows the show. There's a is a whole reality TV show where women and men uh, fall for inmates, and then the the inmates get out, and they have a reality show about their lives after. Oh, what are they in for? All sorts of things. One guy was like a old school '90s like. Southern California, like gangbang rap star who went went to jail for like armed robbery and stuff like that. Right. I don't know. See, look, dude. <laughs> now that we're like, we went over the whole skillet, like, yes. the whole rap sheet of Bernardo and Homoka. Yeah. All these other crimes are like, oh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Let the uh-huh. guy out for God's sake. Armed robbery. Who gives a fuck? Right. At least he didn't fucking kidnap some chick and make a video out of her death. Good point. Snuff film. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> so yeah, it creates a new perspective on crime. That's so, just a yeah, thought I had. I'm not. I'm not taking away any other drug dealing's a terrible crime, and if you're doing it, you should stop. Well, yeah. I hadn't heard that uh, that Bernardo uh, had admirers in prison, but I did hear yeah. that he uh, wrote a uh, a book, and it was a bestseller. I didn't know it was a yes. bestseller. What, yeah, was this, it was, it was, what was this book called? Oh, a Mad World Order. A Mad World Order, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it was like a spy thriller, I think. Apparently it's like got a lot of graphic violence in it, too. Uh, mm. Now, he's not supposed to, I don't think he has a, a computer or anything like that in his prison cell, so he must have like written it all down. Uh, and sent it to a publisher. Then had someone type it out for him. Yeah. And it went on Amazon and like... I think people had to petition for them to take it off because it, it went right up to the, the Amazon bestsellers. And it's like, it's ridiculously long too. It's like 600 pages or something like that. I didn't read any of it because I don't really care to hear what he... What's the of that? As soon as people see that name. Right. So. But what about Homoka's life? So yeah, she became... Yeah, she became a media spectacle after she... Was so convicted. She did her time. Well, even during she her, got university educated, didn't she? Yeah. During in her, prison. Yeah. Well, I mean, and she learned French, and her thought was, "I'm going to move to Quebec, and start my new life, and and the French people will take me in." She she feels that she can start anew in Quebec. Yeah. Have you heard things like this? Yeah, so I, I don't think it's just that she knows that the French are degenerates and uh, will accept her, but... Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Disavow, disavow. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, I think the idea was that uh, the French language news media, probably she wasn't as famous 
Yeah, since it was happened in English Canada, they probably didn't hear as much about her as uh, as you would have in other places, right? So uh, she learned f- French so she could go uh, where people wouldn't know who she is, right? Yeah. As much, I guess. And she met some dude in prison. Yeah, so even when she was in prison, she had, like, a prison girlfriend hmm. who uh, ended up uh, having a gender reassignment, I think, later on. So, really? Yeah. Uh, and when she was with that woman, she was also, like, courting a male murderer uh, who was at the same prison, but in, like, the male section, I guess. Uh, and there was, like, all these stories, like, in the press where they were saying that they were able to get close to each other, like, through a fence and, like, make out and, uh, trade underwear and that they would leave notes in, like, books in the library and, and pass them back and forth. <laughs> so they were carrying on this romance while both in prison at the same time. Oh, my God. Yeah. She never stops, does she? No, and obviously has a type, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. And she left... So she gets out of prison. Yeah. She leaves for the Caribbean? Yeah, she takes off and... Uh, yeah, for the Car- Caribbean for for a bit. But eventually she comes back. And no one knew that she was back here. And then this other serial killer by the name of... We can edit in that name later. But he seeks her out and says, I had inspiration from Carla Homoka. And then it comes out that she's actually back in Quebec. Right. Yeah. Was that the... uh... They did a fifth estate on this dude as well. He's the guy, he killed a Asian woman. And he sent sent her body parts. Oh, that, yes, I know who you're talking about. Name? No one's got a name? Mm, looking. Alright. Did he try to escape to France as well? I don't know. Just thinking about the, the I French. haven't gone over the intense deets of this dude, but he's really weird. He was a model at one point. Really weird guy. Different episode. Yeah. Different episode. But there you go. A, <laughs> a type two. Oh, Luca. Luca Magnata? So was there... Oh, yeah. Magnata. Yeah. 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 Yeah, okay. Weird German name. Magnata? Sounds French to me. Mm-hmm. But, uh... uh Angola? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> Alright, so... Yes. And that and that was now out. That Wait, like, wait a second. Because she, yeah, so she gets Carla back responded, into the news. Carla responded saying, I don't know who the fuck this guy is. Right. He's a fucking weirdo. But it... it, it Apparently, people were able to trace the address of it, and it, the address showed Quebec. So it showed that she was back in Canada. Yeah, and some reporter did track her down uh, to some neighborhood in Quebec. I, I saw an article where they were going around and, like, telling her neighbors, you yeah. know, like, hey, did you know that Carla Homolka's kids are going to, to your children's school in, mm. like... Uh, that she lives, like, a block away from where your kids go to school. Um, because she did the time in her plea bargain, right? So she doesn't have any restrictions on her, her movements. She can live wherever she, she likes, even 
right next to a school, right? So that was uh, an interesting article because they had quotes no, from like yeah. people in her neighborhood being like, "Oh well, you know that's not good, but you should not treat her children any differently." Because of what their mom did and, and all sorts of stuff like that. But, yeah. Uh, imagine those kids. Imagine, like, who... Mm. who there, there were conditions, but then they revoked them, I guess. Oh, yeah. Okay. So there were conditions at some point. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm guessing that she had a lawyer go in and, and uh, say, like, hey, you can't put... Uh, something about totalitarian or something. So most of Canada has not forgotten, uh, especially Carla Homoka, but especially Paul Bernardo. Most of us have not forgotten these two, and we will always remember the name. Paul Bernardo, Carla Homoka. Right, guys? Oh, yeah. Uh, hopefully not. Which Let brings us to the serious zone. All right. I'm going to get a sound effect for that soon. But for now, you're going to have to deal with me. And my voice for the serious zone. So, big, big question for the serious zone. Do you guys think that if these two were to meet other people besides themselves, so if Paul met someone else, if Carla met someone else, would they have turned out differently? I think so. Uh, Mm. I think they still would have been disgusting perverts doing terrible things to people but they would have been different things um I mean cause you see how differently Paul's crimes were after he met mm-hmm. Carla right like Definitely. he probably would have carried on uh doing the same sort of rapes that he was doing in Scarborough maybe for a long time without ever being caught um had he not met Carla and she, God knows what she would have done. I don't know. We, we were watching some videos of uh, of her talking with the people. The state? Yeah. And uh, she's pretty fucked up, too. She had no remorse whatsoever. So, and and you, you could see what sort of type of man that she was into. So she very well could have found some other more capable uh, murderer and gone on to do even well it's hard to imagine how you could be worse than what she's already done but yeah I don't know they still would have been terrible but it would have been different I, hmm. I guess yeah yeah but nice I dude. think it's it's, it, it, it's in both of them there's no way yeah. she, she wasn't yeah. gonna have some regular life like and be a normal member of society at any point it wasn't him that corrupted her he she was just always shit. And, uh, what, what do you think about it? I think that they definitely both would have been caught for something. Would have been hung up on, on something. They both would, both would have been ended up in prison, no matter who they met. Um, whereas in Paul would have kept on going raping. And I think he would have been caught. Because that's how it goes. You're going to slip up somewhere. Or... Yeah, he's going to get involved with some chick who actually does go to the police. And they got too much of a record against him. And they put him away for maybe a minor assault charge. So 
in some way it's good like for him going away for life because he's not able to offend again mm-hmm. that's really good and Carla I think Carla's more manipulative than Paul I know we just talked about all this different stuff but I uh, manipulative let me exchange that word for a pussy <laughs> she's more of a pussy than Paul is she doesn't have the confidence level he does mm-hmm. so she may have not been locked up because I think uh, she would have just tried to get on with some guy and yeah it would have gotten weird here and there and he would have tried to straighten her out but I think Paul would have definitely gone to prison for something mm-hmm. else if they would have met someone else right that makes sense I mean he was already doing crimes absolutely and he would continue doing that yeah. I think if he wouldn't have met Carla so what do you got Carrie Oh, I feel the same way. I feel like Paul would have definitely been put in prison eventually. He would have kept on raping. Could have went to murder. Who knows? Um, Yeah. But definitely he wasn't going to stop. So that would catch up with him. Carla? um, I feel like Paul was the catalyst when they met. I think they just clicked and she went like super psycho. Would she do that with somebody else? I don't know. That's a tough one. I know. It is really difficult to say. Well, we might find out because she is out on the loose. So, oh, good point. Her current who I don't know who her current husband is, but he's got to be a piece of work if he if she he married and uh, three kids. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Sorry. The, what one other thing we we got to bring up? How does this make sense? That how does she have three kids when she was in jail for? You know, a, more than a decade. How, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, it takes what? At least three years. Or, I mean, yeah, about three years to have three kids. Ten months of pregnancy. Ten months of pregnancy. Yeah. So, in, so, that's almost three years. And so when, when, two, did she years go, when, when did she go to she jail? In, she got out in what? Two, 2005? 2005. Okay, so she in 2005, she's what? 30? She's 49 now. Right now. So. Okay. Oh, okay, I guess she was still young then. Alright. I just feel like, you know, if you do... If, to have children? Well, I just she's figured she must have been older when she got out because she... 12 she years in 12 prison, years but she, she was, must be pretty young, I guess. Well, yeah, she was 17, she met Paul, and then what year did the, she go in at? 93? Got out in 2005, does that make sense? Alright, I guess it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, I just took it for what it was, I never thought anything about it. I yeah. thought you were going to go in the direction of her children, what are her children mm-hmm. capable of? They turn into serial killers. I just think it's fucked up Correct that she has her. children. Honestly. I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. No, she should have been properly. Especially uh, if they're born from the guy who she met in prison, the French dude who killed his girlfriend. Well, we don't know who she's with. Yeah, we. I mean, I don't know who she's with. She's probably. You don't know who the father is? I don't, I don't know. He's, I'm sure he's a piece of work, because why would you marry Carla Homolka out of all the women in the world mm-hmm. yeah. and have children with her? So mm-hmm. 
he's got to be some some kind of fucked up. Uh, but uh, all right, you guys, first true crime one in the all books. Right. That was a big one. I don't was... know if we could get through it all. Um, did you shut it off? We still recording? Okay, because <laughs> we got to say the goodbye message. Um, that was a lot, and they usually get pretty dark. A lot. Every podcast I've listened to does it in two parts. The Ken and Barbie couple. Because there's a lot of shit to go through. And there's a lot of fucking content. It's really fucked up. But we got through it all. Yeah. I think we've thing. wasted enough of our lives on these two. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, cool. all week. I was looking at this fucking couple. And just hearing the same things over again. But like told in different words. And, and just like, oh my god. Yeah. You, you think you know, right? But you have no idea. <laughs> So, I'll just say it now. This is the tall gray saying, the frost is on the pumpkin.